This is a gem of a ballpark. Um, it's really important that the existing obligation under the lease be funded. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. reeling from last night's show uh i i normally get a little worried whenever the world of sports and politics or sports and money when sports collide with other parts of our lives sometimes it can lead us into some uh tense conversations dare i say tense uncomfortable disagreeable so yesterday we were talking about ballpark funding and public funding for stadiums specifically for the brewers right because rob manford was in milwaukee that's the voice you just heard talking about how you know this ballpark's got to be funded this is a great ballpark yada 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 and it wasn't it wasn't the shakedown that i think a lot of us expected it wasn't rob manford coming into town to say you know pay for the ballpark or else i'll move you it was more words of encouragement like man this ballpark's great the city loves its baseball we got to get this done and and make sure the city pays up its end of this deal it's under the bargain And I saw a lot of people on Twitter, and we even heard it a little bit from some texters and callers yesterday. It's like, why doesn't Mark Adnacio pay? I I got Ted Davis, who used to do radio for the Bucks. It's all he's been tweeting about the last 24 hours. Why why doesn't the owner pay for it? He's the millionaire. I remember I once asked my dad when I was young about the national debt. What if everyone chips in a dollar? Everyone in the country just chips in a dollar. Wouldn't that fix it? My dad's like, no, it's a lot more money than that. It's, you know, I was naive. I was a kid. When I asked my dad that question when I was little, I was showing more wisdom than Ted Davis is on Twitter in the last day and a half. What is in the owner paper? Because that's not how the deal is set up. And we had some good conversations about that yesterday. It actually made for a really fun show, including Eric on I-90, giving some good examples, uh, a good Airbnb analogy, uh, and some World War II history as well. And that was a very small part of his call. Eric gave us a great call yesterday, FedEx Fred, although some people thought he sounded like he was in the bag. Shout out to FedEx Fred for an awesome call yesterday. So yesterday's show was really fun, which I didn't think was going to be the case whenever we got to talk about tax money and sports coming together. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Never want to miss a Friday show. Ever, 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 ever. Tonight, going to talk a little basketball, little OTAs. I had all of these Packers things throughout the week that we were going to get to. Hey, did you hear what Jordan Love said? Did you hear what Matt LaFleur said about Jordan Love? Did you see this Jordan Love story? And all these little Jordan Love tidbits throughout the week that we just never really got to because we were talking about the Brewers or we were talking coaching and the Bucks coaching search, which still hasn't been resolved. I guess I'm not surprised. None of these teams have been in a hurry to get a coach up until this point. Why rush now? See how the playoffs play out. See how the NBA Finals goes for all that it matters. There's a bunch of teams looking for a coach. And all of the teams are sitting around saying, well, let's just wait and see how this plays out. Let's see what goes on uh, during these NBA playoffs that would maybe change anybody's situation. Who knows? Nobody's in a rush to hire a coach. Although I kind of wish the Bucks would. So we could talk about it, whether it's Nick Nurse or Adrian Griffin or maybe uh, Kenny Atkinson. Those were the three finalists named by Woj earlier this week. 
So we've been talking about that. We've been talking about the Brewers, and we've kind of neglected the Packers this week, which to an extent is fine because there's only so many things we can say about the Packers, but we're going to get into Jordan Love and, and Packers OTAs at some point tonight. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. I'm on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant, if you want to interact with the show that way, if you want to follow me, DM me, block me, et cetera, et cetera. I want to start with Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals last night because I think it's very interesting. The Celtics have now made a 3-0 series, a 3-2 series. They won at home 110-97. They had a great first quarter, a great second quarter, and then they just kind of coasted off of that. But at home, they could ride the crowd, and the three-point shots were going in, so they basically just held on to the lead that they built in the first and second quarter. That was the game. It never really felt like it was in doubt, which made for a boring game to watch. I wasn't dialed in. I had it on, and, you know, I watched the first quarter. I'm like, well, this sucks because I'm cheering for the Heat, right? The Celtics might be my least favorite team in professional sports right now, more so than the Bears, more so than the Vikings, more so than the Cardinals or the Cubs, I think the Celtics are my least favorite team. So I'm always going to cheer against them, right? They're a rival to the Bucks. They were in the 80s. They have been in this, I guess, quote-unquote, iteration of the Bucks while they've been contending, going back to the year where Joe Prunty coached in round one, and they took the Celtics, who didn't have Kyrie that year, to game seven in the first round. That was lame. And then the next year, they beat the Celtics, who had Kyrie in the second round in five games after losing game one. That was good stuff. And, of course, they lost to the Celtics last year. So, they a bit of a history, a bit of a rivalry. I have a great distaste for the Celtics just for that reason. I also don't love Boston and the way they talk about their sports teams. They've enjoyed a lot of success over the last 20 years, my lifetime. And yet, there is not a more whiny group of sports fans in existence than Boston sports fans. I don't really love that. Uh, there's too many Boston-centric voices in NBA media. So when, anytime I try to consume NBA content, it's often coming from someone who's a Celtics fan. It's like, oh, God. Okay, we're going to listen to Grant Williams' discourse. Fun. This team is also just really whiny and immature. Jalen Brown's got a lot of Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving in him, in that it seems like he just kind of likes being unhappy. He likes being the victim of a little bit. He, he likes being able to be sad about this or that. That's annoying. Jason Tatum in the first quarter last night, the Celtics are crushing it. They're making their three-point shots. They're forcing turnovers. They're getting out and running. The crowd's into the game. Jason Tatum gets a dunk or gets an awesome finish at the rim. First thing he does is hang on the rim. And then the next thing he did was yell at the ref to the point where the ref had to give him a technical. And I saw folks on Twitter and, and the announcer were like, that's a soft tee. Jason Tatum gave the ref no choice. And this was while the Celtics were playing well. This team can't help themselves whining and making the game harder than it needs to be. And also, this is going to sound so pretentious, and I'm sorry for that, but their playoff run last year offended me as a basketball fan. I, it actually offended me. The way in which the Red Sea of the NBA parted for the Celtics last year. Chris Middleton got hurt, so they got a weakened Bucks team. The one seed they had to play was the Miami Heat, and while the Miami Heat are a really good team and they have each culture, and they're well-coached, and I really like Jimmy Butler. The Miami Heat are not the most talented team in the world. That was their Eastern Conference Finals opponent, and then they got to the finals, and they played a Warriors team that's smaller than them, shallower than them, less talented than them, and they lost. I, I, it just offended me 
how the NBA said, all right, Boston, it's your year, and they failed to take advantage. That bothers me. I have a million reasons why I don't like the Celtics. This postseason is one of the few times in recent memory, maybe the only time in, in recent memory that I can think of, that I have pulled for the team that beat my team. This is one of the few postseasons where I'm cheering for the team that knocked my team out. And some fans always do this because some fans think that if team XYZ goes all the way, our team doesn't look as bad because if the Packers lose to the Niners and the Niners win the Super Bowl, well, the Packers don't look as bad then. Look, I don't care about optics if my team loses. My team lost. They lost. They lost. What what difference does it make in the end? You're going to remember it as a year where they came up short no matter who they lost to. So I don't cheer for the team that knocks my team out. Usually, I want the other team and the other team's fan base to suffer and to be miserable and to feel what I feel. This year's the outlier. I tip my cap to the Miami Heat. I have no problem cheering for this Heat team. So my rooting interest in this series is obvious because I don't like the Celtics. And I have a, I have a good amount of respect for the Heat. I like watching them play. I'm impressed at the edge with which they play and the aggression and confidence with which they play, which, again, maybe that says more about the rest of the NBA at large. Maybe the rest of the league is just so soft and the Heat are the outlier. And, and maybe the rest of the league, in terms of coaching, is bad. And that's why Eric Spolstra looks so much better. And we're all hyped up over Eric Spolstra. But I do have a lot of respect for the Heat. Plus, if the Heat win this series and they hold on, the offseason's going to be so great because the Celtics are going to have to do something. We're going to hear all the takes about splitting up Jason Brown and Jalen Tatum, or you know what I mean, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And that'll be fun. I like that. Should the Celtics trade Marcus Smart buy or sell? That's a conversation that we're going to hear and listen to. It'll be a fun offseason. And of course, Joe Missoula, whether or not he keeps his job, uh, that'll be a question. Although I still can't believe this audio. Chris Mannix on Cowherd the other day about Joe Mazzulla's job security. Listen to how insane this is. There is a level of loyalty there with Brad Stevens and Joe Mazzulla. The only thing that makes me pause and say there's a chance they let him go is that this market is robust with championship-level coaches. You've got Mike Budenholzer out there. You've got Frank Vogel out there. You've got Monty Williams now out there. Uh, Nick Nurse now out there. You've got a number of elite, proven coaches that are available on the market that weren't available at this time or in September of last year when Joe Missoula was abruptly elevated to that position. So a couple weeks ago, Bud is a bum and he doesn't make adjustments. He doesn't call timeouts. He doesn't make substitutions. Now he's an elite championship coach. All right, nice. Amazing what a couple weeks will do. So if the Celtics lose, and they should, he got off to a 3-0 lead in the series. And I think before this year and before this instance, what is it, 150 and 0 when teams have gone up 3 0? Teams don't, teams don't lose when they go up 3 0. So if the Heat hold on and win, it's going to be a fun offseason because we're talking about breaking up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Joe Missoula. Now, after last night, Celtics get a, a really confident win. This is a real series. And I said last night before the end of the show, I said, I know a team has never come down from, from 3-0 before. They've never come back. And I don't really expect the Celtics to. But if they win and they look really good tonight, it's interesting. Because the Heat have been shooting the ball really well. And they've been playing without Gabe Vincent. They've been playing without Tyler Hero. Jimmy Butler's been doing so much. 
There is a scenario in which I could see the Heat running out of gas a little bit. The Celtics getting hot. The Celtics playing downhill. Eventually, a team's going to you know, win a series when they've trailed 3-0. Celtics and the Heat, this is probably a situation where it's more likely than, than other situations that we've seen. So now I'm grappling with the idea of the Celtics winning this series. And there is one really funny silver lining to the Celtics coming back and winning this series. And that is Eric Spolstra, everybody's darling. The media's darling, the NBA blogosphere's darling, everybody's golden boy of coaching would then become the first coach in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead in the playoffs. (laughs) Please, please, please sign me up for that because the spin zone is going to be wild. There have been moments in this postseason, and I've shared this with you on the show, there have been moments in this postseason where Eric Spolstra is talked about and discussed like he's the only competent coach in basketball. And this year, and and the playoff bracket this year is probably not conducive to showing how many great coaches there are in the NBA because Pop was coaching a, a tanking team in the Spurs. It's not like Pop's in the playoff mix. You know, Quinn Snyder, I think everybody believes him to be a good coach, but he's dealing with a weird situation in Atlanta. Will Hardy in Utah, I think everybody likes him, but he's not in charge of leading a team to the finals. He's in charge of of going through this rebuild and building up a new culture and, and the next era of basketball in Salt Lake City. So Eric Spolster has really been regarded as the only elite coach, the only competent coach at times in this postseason. And now that guy, that guy is potentially, if the next couple of games go a certain way for Boston... Eric Spolstra is going to be the first coach in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead. Interesting. And you know what folks will say is, well, you know, they made it way farther than they were supposed to. Eric Spolstra didn't have as much talent as the Celtics. His best player, Jimmy Butler, you know, is not that much better than Jason Tatum. And, And that, for me, is why Eric Spolstra is such an interesting coach to talk about. Because once LeBron left... There's never really been expectations for Eric Spolstra. Well, they, they have expectations in Miami. Okay, I'm sure Pat Riley does. And I'm sure the players do, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the NBA media and sports media at large looking at Eric Spolstra in the heat and saying they've underperformed. They should be winning more. They should be contending for championships. No one has said that over the last 10 years. And part of that is because of personnel. But poor personnel or lesser personnel kind of allows the coach to skate by. You know what I mean? No one's expecting anything from Eric Spolster. He hasn't been under the microscope like some of these other coaches have been. Doc Rivers has been under a microscope for 20 years now. It's because he's been coaching elite teams. Eric Spolster coached one elite team when LeBron was there, and they won two out of four, which I feel like looking back is the bare minimum that they should have won. Nobody holds 2011 against Eric Spolstra. Everyone hangs that on LeBron. Right or wrong, it's LeBron's fault. It's not Spoh's fault. Everyone a couple years later when they lost to the Spurs in their second matchup talks about, well, it was Kawhi who took over the series. LeBron got locked up by Kawhi. Kawhi took it over. Okay, so we don't discuss Spolstra in that. What about the the eight or nine-year period post-LeBron where they just really didn't do anything? And I guess it wasn't that many years. It was more like five or six years where they basically didn't do anything. No one holds that against Spolstra. No one's going to hold this series against Spolstra if they lose, which is why I I get a little frustrated when we go too over the top. And I think Eric Spolstra is a great coach. 
I would give up a lot to have him coaching my team. But if the Heat lose this series after being up 3-0, I don't think he's going to take a lot of flack. And, and that's, that's why the Spo discourse bothers me. If the expectations to succeed aren't there, the coach isn't held to the same standard as maybe some other coaches are. The Bucks this year, the Celtics, the Sixers were all finals or bust. And all of these coaches are being held accountable for not making the finals. And if Joe Mazzulla and the Celtics come up short, it's going to be the same series. That series isn't done yet. No one's thinking it's finals or bust with Eric Spolstra. Therefore, he's judged and, and graded on a different curve. And I have a little bit of a problem with that. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text show. Got a couple of texts. You can also tweet me at Wisco Grant. We'll continue the Wisco Sports Show in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Just started the show by talking Celtics and Heat. What I do best. I'm pulling for the Heat. And if the Celtics come back to win, I'll be bummed. But I'm also going to be interested that if the Heat blow a 3-0 lead, Eric Spolster, everybody's golden boy, becomes the first coach ever to do that. I wonder what the takes will be. I don't think there'll be any anti-Spo sentiment because, well, he wasn't expected to make it this far. Okay, but that's my frustration with Spolstra. He gets to reap all the benefits of a deep playoff run without any of the expectations of going on a deep playoff run. It seems a little unfair. We're grading him on a different curve than we grade Doc, Bud, Joe Mazzula, Monty Williams, Ty Lue, teams that are truly championship or bust. The Heat are good. I know they think that they're a championship team. That's great. Very few other people thought that coming into the postseason. Bill and DeForest says the Celtics are bitchy and floppy and whiny. I paraphrased. You are correct, Bill. Thank you for reminding us. Uh, Mike and Eau Claire, the other Mike and Eau Claire. Says, I'm with you. I love Jimmy Butler. He rides to the stadium in a minivan and listens to Taylor Swift. We need more of that in pro sports. Him and Aaron Rodgers, both big Swifties, we learned yesterday. Eric and Madison says, if the Heat win the championship, does that add to a Bucks heat rivalry? Yeah, because then they both have a ring. That's the nice thing that the Bucks can throw in the face of the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Heat. The Heat have not knocked them out of the postseason twice. The Bucks have knocked them out once, and that's when they got their ring. That's what I'm saying. The NBA and, and, and sports in general opens doors for teams here and there. The, the Bucks had the, the door open for them when all the Nets got injured. They took advantage. They won a title. Last year, the door opened for the Celtics. Chris Middleton got hurt. The Celtics didn't take advantage, right? So that's why I'll never apologize for, for the Nets being banged up in 2021 because the Bucks made the most of it. A lot of teams don't. We say you never want to miss a Friday show. There's a million reasons why. One is we normally get a call from Big Ron in Jersey, 608-796-2558. Big Ron, what's up? Happy Fins Up Friday, Grant. Fins Up Friday. Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? Is the weather as great out on the East Coast as it is here? Because it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful Memorial Day weekend. It is. It's, a, it's uh, in the mid-70s and sunny right now. I'm sitting out on my back patio enjoying the weather, and it's supposed to be in the 70s or low 80s, all and oh. sunny, all Memorial Day weekend out oh. here in Jersey. Uh, the weather is here. Oh. I wish you were beautiful. Wise words of great, Jimmy Great Buffett, Buffett reference. Oh. Great oh. Buffett reference. So you got some picks. That's right up there with. Oh, what were you going to say? 
Yeah, I got my picks. I was going to say that that Buffett reference is right up there with uh, if we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Uh, if we um, weren't all crazy, we probably <laughs> would go insane. You gave us two winners last week. Now we kind of have some expectations I, that you're giving away some money here. I did, and I, I want to get your audio. I got two more picks this week. and But before I get into my picks, yes. I do want to make some short comments on the stadium funding uh, for the, you know, repair project. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I heard someone call into the Over the Line um, morning show. I think it was maybe yesterday, you know, or after this news announced. And he was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Brewers fan, and, you know, I'll, I'll be um, sad if, 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 if they leave. But, you know, forget this. We're not publicly funding this, you know. And, and I, I mean, fan is short for fanatic. And if you're, if you're a fan, you do <laughs> You, you, you're not going to just let your team go like that. And so that kind of got under my skin. And, you know, I am for the public funding of the stadium because when you look at the tax revenue that the Brewers produce, both the income tax on the players, the income tax on the team, if the team does turn a profit, I mean, no one knows if the team turns a profit or not. Um, yeah. But then also the sales tax on the tickets, the sales tax on the commissions, that, that way, way exceeds on an annual basis you know, the 500 million or whatever the price tag is on the repairs. So the city makes money. It's a net gain for them. The tax yeah. revenue, it far exceeds the expenditures. Well, so, like I love uh, the Bucks, big run, but I, I don't think people are driving from Eau Claire or from Lacrosse nearly as much as people drive from all over the state to see a baseball game a couple times a summer. I think the Brewers are much more of a statewide draw, and that's money that's coming in. And, and even if it's not being spent in downtown Milwaukee, it's being spent in brookfield or waukesha or wherever folks might stay for a weekend when they come to a brewer game yes absolutely you know that's the economic impact so so yeah i'm totally for the public funding of the stadium and then so as far as my picks you're not going to like my first pick because you are a celtics hater and quite frankly i hate the celtics too but i don't bet with my heart i bet with my brain and i'm going to take them i'm going to take them on the series price line oh. so i'm going to take them to win the next two games so it's a two-game parlay you get plus um 115 so if you bet 100 you win 115 which is much better way to do it than to bet the individual games because if you were to bet the celtics in the next game you'd have to pay a premium of minus 140 so you'd have to lay 140 to win 100 are they favored so the celtics the, are the better they're team. favored by that much they're, favored. they're heavy favorite in Vegas the next game Boston in this series still. Well, I mean, let's face it. On paper, Boston is the better team. They yes. have the better talent. Yes. They're a deeper team. They're a much deeper team. I mean, look, I mean, the Heat are pretty much Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's yeah. the Jimmy Butler show. Jimmy Butler has an off-shooting night. The Heat's done. So um, I do like, I think the Celtics have all the momentum. They're the better team. I'm predicting that they come back and pull a historic, you know, down 0-3, come back and win four straight. Uh, and so I'll take the Celtics series line plus 115, and then I'm going to go over like I did last Friday. I'm going to go over to hockey, and I'm going to take Tony from Texas's Dallas Stars, um, which uh, on, on the money line, they're the underdog. They're plus 125, so if you bet 100, you win 125. Um, even though they're down 3-1 to one in the series uh, and are the underdog, um, you know, the Golden Knights have been very lucky in this series. Two of the three wins have come in overtime, and, you know, there's some advanced metrics in hockey that basically measure puck luck. And they've just gotten a lot of lucky bounces and lucky shots. I've watched the whole series. So, and the Stars got their backs to the wall, you know, much like the Celtics. 
It's a must-win, you know, situation for them. So go ahead and take the stars. And then the third, I got a bonus bet for you if you can find it. You may not be able to find it. But I would put money on Nick Nurse to become the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, yeah. I don't know what book. I guess I don't look at – so sports betting is not legal here, but a lot of times I'll look at DraftKings or FanDuel just for for odds purposes. Like how much juice is the yeah. – for example, the Celtics are still getting a ton of love, right, for some of the reasons that you talked about. Like the, the line is plus 115 to come back in the series. They would be doing something historical, and yet it's plus 115, which is plus money. That's good odds, but it's not like historically great odds. Those odds – don't necessarily reflect the accomplishment of coming back down 4-0. I don't know where to find coaching odds. does seem like Nick Nurse well, maybe is. I'm, you you got to go to the offshore books. you got to go to the illegal offshore books, like a Bovada <laughs> or a Bursar or a yeah. um, Sportsbook AG. you, you got to go to those. Those tend to have the more exotic um, bets. Because, uh, yeah, none of the legal ones that I use, because sports gambling is legal here in New Jersey, none of them have odds on um on the Bucks coaching um, prospects. Can I uh, can I admit something to you, Big Ron? Before I let you go, I sure. uh, so I sure. followed I followed you on Twitter forever. You you were drunk David Stearns. Now you're drunk Matt Arnold. And the problem is, I've heard you call into sports shows forever, and I hear you in Twitter Spaces. So the other night, when Matt Arnold is in the booth for a Brewers game, I'm like, oh, there's Big Ron. Like like when I see Matt Arnold, I don't think, oh, there's the Brewers general manager. I think, oh, that's Big Ron in Jersey. And then I need to remind myself, no, 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 that's that's the Brewers general manager. That's very bizarre to me. But that's the way my brain is has has lined up Matt Arnold. Yeah. Back in the heyday when I was really, really active on Twitter back in 2018 and the Brewers were really good and the fan, you know, interest was at a frenzy level, much more you know, much more Brewers fans in 2018, you know, a lot of bandwagon jumpers than there are now. Thanks. And I was much more active on Twitter whenever, you know, and I was still drunk David Stearns back in those days. And um, whenever he would get interviewed, I'd get so many people tweeting at me like, dude, you're on TV. That's so funny. Awesome. The, the, <laughs> the problem is, is David Stearns had such a recognizable face that like my brain could put it together that your account simply used his face. Matt Arnold has been a relative unknown we haven't seen his face for years and years, but I see your Twitter account a lot. So, like, your Twitter account beat the actual Matt Arnold to the spot in my brain that has assigned his face to his name and his voice. Does that make sense? Like, you beat him to his own sense. punch. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes sense. And you know what? You want to hear a funny tidbit is on Twitter. Um, I have a friend that um, has kids that go to the same school in Milwaukee as um, David Stearns, and he's, he's friends with David Stearns, and he went over there for a birthday party, and and I and um, he he told him that he actually knows the real you know the guy behind it, and yeah. I guess both David Stearns and his wife find the account absolutely hilarious. <laughs> See, that's what we need from our coaches and our execs. We need to embrace the burner accounts and find them. Funny and entertaining because that's what they're supposed to be. So let's all let's all relax a little bit. I, I know Mark Atanasio gets driven a little bit crazy by Twitter and Brewers accounts. Just laugh it off. You're rich. You own a baseball team. Just have a good time with it. That's what we do on this show, Big Ron. Oh my god! All right, Grant. I'm going to sign off. I love the show. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. You as well. Spin some Buffett, Big Ron. Have a great long weekend and fins up. Yeah, I see. I see Matt Arnold. On the TV, and I'm surprised when Big Ron's voice does not come out.
the Brewers, by the way, some uh, breaking news on the Brewers. Maybe we can talk about this next. Friend of show Ethan Small got called up today. Tyson Miller has been optioned. So friend of show Ethan Small back in the fray. I told you last week, buy Ethan Small stock. Buy it because chances are at some point he's going to get called up. And I know we kicked around Caleb Bushley's name and Robert Gasser's name. And I'm like, mm. Ethan Small's got some major league run. He's got experience as a, as a short-term starter, but also as a reliever in the minors this year. He's got the, I think, versatility to do whatever the Brewers might need from him. And they need a lot of pitching right now, starting and relief. They're just really shorthanded. So Ethan Small, hope you bought stock last week. Now we see what he can do when he comes up. Uh, the Brewers also dropped their lineup. I will share that with you. Right after these words, five minutes, and we'll be back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Appreciate Big Ron in Jersey gracing us with his presence, as he often does on Friday evenings. Gave some picks. He's taking the Celtics and the Stars on the series money line. Some plus odds. So if you want to uh, bet with Big Ron, hashtag bet with Big Ron. Uh, those are his plays. He also likes Nick Nurse to be the next head coach of the Bucks, but he says you need to find an illegal sports book to bet such things, which I don't think I can condone, but I mean, come on. Sports gambling, sports gambling, sports gambling, and weed, and it's just all so dumb. It's like, of all the things that bother me about this country, I have no problem. I have no problem giving money to a millionaire to keep my professional sports team here. And by that, I mean like eight extra dollars a year in taxes when all is said and done. That's the way the world works. All right, fine. I don't, for the life of me, understand why we need to make sports gambling uh, and the legalization of marijuana as complicated as we do. It's like, well, what if we only did it in some states? And, and then, like, other states, we, we, weren't, we weren't quite sure. So, like, maybe it's kind of, like, halfway legal. Like, they can do it, but only in certain places and, and buildings. What if we did it that way? Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. That's how we should do that. That's That seems like what's best for everyone. So, Big Ron, legally gambling in New Jersey, uh, if you live in Wisconsin... Uh, no fun for you. Uh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. Uh, no, can't. Brewers lineup is out. Uh, Darren Ruff is batting leadoff. They must be facing a lefty because Brasso and Ruff are both in the lineup. Those are Craig Council's aces in the hole. Uh, and I know you hear ace and immediately think of Wade Miley. No, he's the, the pitching ace. Uh, the aces against lefties, Mike Brasso... Darren Ruff, Contreras hitting second, Adamas third, Yelich in the cleanup hole. This would be a great night for Yelich to be back. Uh, Owen Miller in the vaunted Casey McGee five hole. Uh, Brian Anderson hitting sixth, Brasso hitting seventh, Tyrone Taylor hitting eighth, Joey Weimer hitting nine, and Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta toes the rubber tonight for your Milwaukee Brewers. Pre-game starting at 635 on all these stations as they are Brewers Radio Network affiliates. First pitch is at 710. The lineup on Twitter presented by Fleet Farm. Mills Fleet Farm. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing. 608 
Twitter at Wisco Grant. Bobby, Bobby Potus just tweeted. He just tweeted at me, Grant having to explain the Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball Park District and it's Rush Limbaugh. I used to I used to listen to a lot of like Rush. I remember in high school when I first got into talk radio, I was in high school and my senior year I had quote unquote internship, which meant I got to leave school at 1235 to go work my internship. I interned at the athletic department uh, at the University of Wisconsin Stout and most of my days were spent uh, adding numbers into spreadsheets. Uh, occasionally I would, I would like put displays up around campus. Like if there was a soccer game, Hey Grant, here's 30 posters, go put them in the, in the thingamabobs and on the bulletin boards and such. And then I go to like soccer games or whatever and swipe student IDs when they come in yeah, intern stuff. But a lot of that stuff, you know, was later in the day. So I'd leave school and I'd get to my truck in the school parking lot and I'd, you know, flip around the talk radio dial. And I tell you what. Agree or disagree with his politics, and obviously now he's passed away, so rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. But, man, that guy could tell a story, and he could broadcast. My goodness, excellence in broadcasting, indeed, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, that was me explaining, again, not not a tongue twister, Southeast Wisconsin Professional Baseball Park District. An awful name, speaking of making things more complicated and more difficult than they need to be. Couple of texts. Appreciate you, Casey in West Salem, Eric in Madison, the other Mike in Eau Claire. I love that that's what we agreed on for your name. You know, I was talking a little bit about uh, the Brewers Stadium and the taxes, you know, Rush Limbaugh things. And we were talking a little bit about the way the Brewers won some games against the Astros. They were very Brewers wins, getting contributions from cheaper guys like Owen Miller and Brian Anderson, players that the Brewers identified this offseason as cheap high upside, low-risk players, cross your fingers that they have moments and then they have a good year. And if these players have a good year, the Brewers will be good. If not, they won't. And look no further than 2018 when they brought in Yoli Shasin and a lot of other guys, you know, Eric Kratz. Those players had great years, so the Brewers had a great year. In 2020, they did the same thing. Ryan Healy, Jed Jerko, Justin Smoke, none of those guys had good years, so the Brewers didn't have a good year. The Brewers often kind of come and go as as those types of signings come and go. We're talking a little bit about that. I do think at some point this year, and maybe today's the day for it, we should have a discussion about Corbin Burns and how he hasn't been great, hasn't been elite, certainly, and how he's going to get paid, we assume, a lot of money. If not this offseason by the Brewers, Next offseason, because I think he has one more year of arbitration. And I could be wrong about that, but I don't think it changes uh, the meat and the potatoes of of the discussion surrounding Corbin Burns. Some team is going to pay him a lot of money, and it is almost certainly not going to be the Brewers. And in the past, you know, I've thought, that's so lame. Other teams can pay superstars like Corbin Burns. And the Brewers can't. And it is lame. I wish the Brewers had unlimited money to, you know, to do whatever they want with. Like, keep Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns, from the combined no-hitter he threw with Josh Hader in 2021 to the trade deadline last season. 24 games started, 18 quality starts, an ERA of 238, a whip of .91, and an average of 183 from opposing batters. He had 10-plus strikeouts in 
10 of those games. Since last year's trade deadline through tonight, 23 games started, similar sample size. 11 quality starts. That number's taken a big dip. An ERA of 3.9, almost 4. A whip of 1.1, so well over one base runner per inning. Walks, hits, per innings pitch. That's what whip is. Opposing average is now 220, which by today's standards in baseball is pretty good. And he only has one game of 10 or more strikeouts in 23 games, where he had 10 of them in a similar sample size leading up to last year's deadline. He just hasn't been great. And the more I watch Corbin Burns this year, and the more I watch Willie Adamas this year, and the more we watch Christian Yelich, I just, I don't know if it's ever a good idea for the Brewers to give out a long-term contract. I just don't know if it's ever, even if they had the money, even if they had the money to pay Corbin Burns whatever the market will give him. And if we look at, you know, last year, like Jacob deGrom, for example, last year. Now he's older, a little bit of a different scenario, but he signed for five years, $185 million. That's $37 million a year. I don't know that I want the, the Brewers to give a deal like that to anyone. Even Corbin Burns, who's in his prime, I don't want to be tied for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years to a player ever. Because when these players get those big contracts, they're in their prime and they're performing well. And they're probably not going to keep performing like that. They almost certainly aren't. So I, I think I'm okay with my Brewers not giving out long-term contracts ever. And that means you can't keep your guys for their whole careers. But as we've seen with certain players, like they're going to have Willie Adamas for three years when all is said and done, and they acquired him pretty far on in his major league career, right? They didn't acquire him as a minor leaguer. You have time with these guys without extending them on these long-term deals. Make the most of it. Stay liquid and stay fluid in the amount of money that you can pay out year to year based on your needs and based on who's on the market. I, I just don't know if it's ever a good idea for the Brewers to give contracts longer than say five years you want to give a five-year contract to someone you're like the Lorenzo Cain deal I get why they did that but 10-year deals I don't know if that's ever going to be a good idea for the Brewers Tony's in Texas 608-796-2558 what's up Tony hey really quick on what you just said no don't ever do that it's a terrible idea I can only think about a couple of long-term contracts that ever worked out. Alex Rodriguez, maybe with the Yankees, I guess, because he was on the juice. CeCe Sabathia, kind of, sort of, but still probably didn't live up to the billing. Then you look at, like, an Albert Pujols, some of these huge mega deals. No, Grant, yeah. stay away from it. Bad, bad for the Brewers, bad for business. Well, and, and Tony, some of these rich teams have given out those deals, and they give those contracts out because they can, because they have the money. I still don't think it's a good investment. Like a, like a rich person can spend a ton of money on a boat. It's not a good investment. If you're rich, though, you can do whatever you want. Some of these teams are so rich, it doesn't matter. I still don't think it's a good investment to give Trey Turner, in the case of Philadelphia, 10 years. Now, they might have the money, but it, it doesn't mean it's money well spent. You know, I just had an epiphany right now. I was thinking about Barry Bonds and the big deal he got from the Giants and the pressure he must have been under and probably why he got on the juice. And he actually lived up to that deal, you know, take away the juice and all. But uh, really quick, Grant, I thought you and I were in a safe space, you know, a circle of trust. You can't go on Twitter and start saying my secrets, Grant. The basketball moms get mad. Wait, 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 wait. You are mad at me for tweeting you at cannot, you something you, you, said, on Twitter, Grant. you said on the radio yesterday. No. I was just repeating hey, your my, words. 
my demographic, my market is not in Western Wisconsin lacrosse. You got you got to watch out. People look on the Twitter, Grant. I, you know, this is my business here. The mom, the basketball moms, they barter for training. You know, you, you got to watch out. Safe, safe. Right, yeah. well, I'm hey, not, not going to touch this today. Well, you know what? You're talking about the, the legalization of gambling and weed. Let's just make prostitution a hat trick, for crying out loud. Well, I mean, like, it's going to be a free-for-all. It's like Back to the Future 2 with you. You're like running this hotel. Jeez. Well, I don't know if Pratt... I don't have an opinion on that. I don't. I don't have an opinion on that one the way that I do with the other two. If you well, want to make that argument, go to town. I'm all for free choice. Do what you want. But I'm sure I'm Dave from Minota would agree with me. But anyway, uh, speaking of hat tricks, you know my guy Ron from Jersey, former West Dallas, Wisconsin native like myself. Ron, mm-hmm. great guy. You know, I'm glad he likes my stars. He is right. You know, they they have had some bad luck. My stars, a little bounce here, bounce there. Speaking of that, I haven't yep. I haven't heard about you from your stars since they've hit a, a patch of bad luck when they were winning. I heard you and saw you tweeting yeah. about the stars. It's been kind of radio silence from you since then. Kind of, yeah, kind of like my Badger fandom, a little front runner. I agree. That's I agree. fair. If you admit uh, yeah. it, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's one hundred percent fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree, Ron. That that the stars could come back and make it a, a series. I still think. Vegas ultimately will take it, and just like the Miami Heat will take it. You're, you're bagging on Coach Spo. I can't believe it, Grant. You know, you Coach Spo loses a couple of games. Now he's a mere mortal. No, he's still the best coach in the NBA. And Jimmy Butler, and they will. Clo- Jimmy Butler is a stud, and they will close this out. He had a couple of rough right. games. The, Cel- the Celtics are the Celtics. They have done this all year. Agreed. They look like they're going to win it, and then they lose. And that's what's going to happen again. They're going to lose in six. The Celtics either. The Celtics do one of two things. They either almost lose and then end up winning, or they almost win and they end up losing. They're the only two things that they ever right. do. And that's why they're so annoying, I think, to me. It's got to be a maddening team to root for. But it couldn't happen to a better sports town than Boston. Can't stand them. And really quick, before I get to my top five, Grant, because I know it's trending on Twitter, top five by power ranking. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go and talk a little bit. I want to talk to you about this, this uh, Jordan Love thing that you actually commented on. I mean, Coach LaFleur and Jordan Love, well, what's going on here? I think that's just an internet rumor. There wasn't any sourcing behind that at all. I hadn't even seen that okay. until you sent it to me. And I can, and I'll bring this up. I'll bring this up after five o'clock because it might be fun to talk about, but I don't think concerning. that's real. Very concerning. Well, I don't all right, Grant, you know, this is this thing, you know, you're calling me top five, Tony, and I'm going to run with this one. And let's go top five things to do on Memorial Day. All right. Memorial Rattle Day off. weekend. All right. Number five, kind of, kind of vague, but you know what? We all got to visit our family, right? Yep. Whether it's your crazy aunt, maybe your cousin that's out of uh, rehab from Adderall addiction or whatever. You know, you got to visit the family, Agreed. no matter if you like them or love them. Yeah. You got to do it. That's a great number, number five. Number four, th- number four is kind of like a, a dual thing with Wisconsin and then Cone Roller and I. We're down here in the south. We don't have a lot of lakes, but you know what we got? We got a lot of pools. So True. pool party slash lake party. All right. Rocking the river, shaking the lake, jumping in the pool, just being by water. Great number four. I agree. Okay, thank you. Number three is Wisconsin-based. I did this before when I lived up there, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners. you got to go to the cabin, the cottage, clean it out, get it ready for the summer. You know, let's get that cottage ready for the summer, man. It's that time. Summer's kicking off, right? Yeah, let's go go get get the patio furniture out, sweep off the pontoon, 100%. Yep, great number three. Absolutely. Thank you. Number two, All-American barbecue. Get the grill going. You know, I remember my grandpa, my dad, getting the steaks going, the burgers. Mm. I love it, the smell. It's got to be a charcoal grill, though, because that's what I grew up with. I love that. I love Wisconsin. Listen to Euchre. Man, that's the best. Barbecues, backyard, brewers, 
brats, whatever. Ugh, barbecue babes. number two. Barbecue number two. What's number one? All right. You know what? I'm sure most of your listeners aren't going to do this, but I'm going to say this because it needs to be done. Honoring our fall, our fallen soldiers, Thank our you. Americans that fell in, 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 in war, that's what Memorial Day is all about. Go go to a cemetery, put a flag down, write a note. I don't know. Do something to, you know, for these people that, that gave their lives for us. So that's what Memorial Day is all about. Number one. You know, go go to a go to a gravesite and, and honor these fallen victims in war. So that's number one. I appreciate that. I get a flag up in your yard. Just absolutely. That was, yeah, uh, do that something. Was, right. That was a great top five, Tony. I'm down for all those activities. I might try to do them all this weekend. All right, great. Hey, Grant. Lastly, stay out of my business. All right. You know, come on. Thank you. Thank you. All Have right, a bye. good one, Tony. Have a great weekend. See ya. You as well. <laughs> what the hell? I will. Uh, I will stay out of your business, Tony. I thought whatever you said on on this radio show uh, that has four affiliates scattered all across the state of Wisconsin, I thought what you brought to the airwaves of the show became our business, but I, my bad. I, I'm sorry. Take a three-minute break. We'll wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills we got to take a break here in another minute dan and broadhead hold on dan dan and broadhead i see ya i can't get to you until after five o'clock though you can hang on for three minutes just hold on right there i'll get to you i want to talk packers we'll keep talking about the brewers as well i just saw this sports center just tweeted out this quote from nuggets coach mike malone about the lakers quote they've gone fishing we're still playing. The narrative should be on whatever two teams are still alive. Uh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. If Bud ever got on the podium at his time with the Bucks to whine about who ESPN was talking about, oh, that would have irked me. That's embarrassing. So lame. Talk about us. The Nuggets are really making themselves less likable in all this, whining about who ESPN's talking about. Who cares? The finals start next week. Get ready. Hour two, coming up. This is a gem of a ballpark. Um, It's really important that the existing obligation under the lease be funded. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. it's lame for a coach of an NBA team to complain about who ESPN is talking about. I talked about this today with our friend Bart Winkler because he's going to be a part of Monday's show. Uh, Memorial Day. There will be a show. It'll be a best of show, so it won't be live. I recorded some stuff for it today. And we're just both complaining about how like Nuggets fans and bloggers, that's one thing. ESPN won't talk about us. Uh, Whatever. All fans do that. For the coach of an NBA team to do it, Lame. This quote from Michael Malone is so lame. They've gone fishing. We're still playing. The narrative should be on whatever two teams are still alive. It's so, so lame. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. 
It's Friday. We'll just listen to some Buffett here in a little bit. Dan and Broadhead has been patiently waiting. I'm sorry to keep you, Dan. What's going on? Oh, not much, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I, I don't know where we go today as a show after we got to talk tax revenue and, and stadium districts yesterday. I, I don't know how we follow up yesterday's show. So I'm just trying to do oh, the best yeah. I can until it's, 6 o'clock. <laughs> riveting. I know. Very riveting stuff. Right? <laughs> Um, I had a couple things for you. Uh, first, talking long-term contracts in baseball. My take is I think it's okay as long as it's a generational positional player, like a whatever, you Wander Franco, Fernando Tatis Jr., mm-hmm. those guys because the risk-reward is a little bit better. But when you're talking about starting pitching, what happens if a Tommy John happens? a shoulder inflammation, a strained oblique. Like, you can lose a guy for two, three years sometimes in that giant contract. So I wanted to put that out there that I think it's worth it only, you know, maybe 3% of the time ever on a team. But it can happen, and I I think I tweeted, or not tweeted, but texted you yesterday and said NHL is probably the one sport that they always gave out 10-year, 12-year, 14-year contracts, but... Those guys also play from the time they're 17 to the time they're 42. Yeah, what is it with hockey players? Like, basketball players get hurt all the time and they need rest. And then you'll have, like, hockey players play until they're 50 and it looked like they could keep playing. I don't get how hockey functions as a sport. Those guys just have it figured out how they need to treat their body and how to play the sport. Hockey blows me away. Well, one, you got gliding instead of running. And then if basketball players wore the same gear that hockey players, they probably wouldn't be as injured as, as much. I suppose. I, I guess. Maybe the Like, ice skating so hard for me because I never do it. But if you get good at it and you do it a lot, I guess gliding around is probably easier than running and jumping. But they're also crashing into each other. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never thought about it that way before. <laughs> yeah. My, my second point was um, you were talking about the Packers and – and people, you know, you were kind of poo-pooing the idea of, uh, you know, you know, you don't want to say six wins. And I can tell you because you know that I'm a Bears fan that you do have to temper your expectations and that there is a line between And so when you come into a, a realm that you have not been in before because you've been blessed to only be here for, I don't know, 24 years and only see two great quarterbacks and a couple of great coaches that there is going to be dark days and you're just going to have to prepare yourself for them so that you can say, you know what, this season was okay. I knew they were only going to win four or six, or if they get lucky, hopefully eight as far as I see. Hmm. Normally I hate when people tell me how I should feel about my life as a Packers fan, but I don't know if it's the mood I'm in today or the way that you're telling me. I I agree. I I just think, a lot of very optimistic Packers fans are factoring in a certain baseline just level of competence from Jordan Love. And and I don't think that's fair. I, I think that this roster, the roster as a whole, I think is actually better than it was last year. But the quarterback is such a big question mark, and this is not a fan base that's well-equipped to deal with a question mark at quarterback, Dan. So I, I guess I, I understand, and I might even agree with you. Despite you being a fan of another team telling me how to be a fan of my team, which I normally hate, I actually I agree with you in this instance. Maybe maybe differ oh, on, uh, on the win total a little bit, but with your premise, I agree. Well, and you should, and that's just my hopes. 
You know, and my hopes is that they, you know, that they win, you know, three games, four games. See how it feels to be <laughs> where the Bears have been for, I don't know, since 85. You know, um, what, I, you know, what, I, then, you know what I get a kick out of your team? If you made the playoffs every year for 25 years straight with Super Bowl or bust expectations and you lose every year. It's, it's not that much more fun. It's not that great. Like, there are fun moments, but the fun moments become less fun because, you know, in January you're going to be absolutely destroyed. <laughs> That's true. It's, uh, yeah, getting hyped up to get let down. But and my last thing is, um, yeah, uh, yesterday I think somebody was confusing Dave from Monona. They said he calls himself the Wizard. And I don't think it's the Wizard of Radio. I think it's more along the lines of the Grand Wizard. But I don't know how you feel about that either. Um, he's... <laughs> And him and his RNC, <laughs> where uh, they all meet. Yeah, that's where he's going to. Yeah, he did talk about going to the RNC yesterday. We love Dr. D. He He's always compared yes. uh, his name, The Wizard, to uh, The Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, which I don't really understand the comparison, but I get a kick out of it, so I, I just let it go. I guess, yeah. I, I like I love the guy, uh, but, you know, everybody, every every show needs a heel, you know. He is and a great heel. I appreciate it. I appreciate Dan. I appreciate well, you, you, Dan. Yes, I appreciate you, and you have a great holiday weekend, and go out and uh, do some fishing, and uh, we'll talk next week. We'll see what you caught. Hell yeah. Appreciate it, Dan. Have a good weekend. Do some fishing. Listen to some Buffett. Get the grill going, as Tony in Texas said. Although, can I now bring up Tony in Texas' name? He told me to stay out of his business, Uh, so maybe I should should, uh, not bring up Tony in Texas' name. Yeah, the first thing that Dan brought up, a a little extension of a conversation we started in the first hour of the show. You know, watching Corbin Burns and watching Willie Adamas, I, I just, I, I don't know if giving a massive pile of money and a bunch of years to a baseball player is a good idea. Like, especially for the Brewers. Now, Yelich, I get why they did Yelich. Because every once in a while, you have to have the guy, right? The Reds paid Joey Votto. That was the guy. The Brewers paid Ryan Braun. That was the guy. You, you need to have a guy, right? Because even a franchise that's not contending, or is going through some ups and downs, maybe a rebuild, you still got to have the guy. And everybody has his jersey. He's the face of the franchise. One day should have his number retired, but the organization will probably never do it. All right, so you need the guy. I don't fault the Brewers for that. I don't fault them for signing Christian Yelich. But Corbin Burns, and it's not just that his performance has dropped off this year. It's that I know that you, the Brewers would have to pay a premium for him right now and and Corbin Burns' performance next year, the year after, the year after, the, it's not going to be worth it. Same with Willie Adamas. You're going to pay top-tier money and have to give out a lot of years of guaranteed money to a shortstop that's probably never going to be better in his career than he is right now. And he's a very good shortstop right now. He's one of the best offensive and, and power-hitting shortstops in baseball right now. But that doesn't mean I want to sign my life away and a pile of money over to him for seven, eight, nine, ten years. And I understand that puts the Brewers at a little bit of a disadvantage. But like the Phillies or the Mets or the Dodgers, these teams can give out 10-year deals. I still don't think it's a good investment. But when you have so much money, nailing investments doesn't matter as much because you have more money to throw around. The Rays never give out long-term deals, ever. Whatever the Rays do, I'm on board with that. And I, I had someone... Was it a tweet or was it a text? I think it was Mike tweeted and said, amen. Yeah, the Rays. They never give out long-term deals. Got to operate like the Rays. Mike in Chippewa Falls, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Mike? 
Hey, Grant. How are you tonight? You sound good. Well, I'm just thank you. I'm 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 trying my darndest. I'm very excited for a three day weekend. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh wait, I'm retired every day Saturday. Um. <laughs> Jealous. I just wanted to thank. I just want to thank Top Ten Tony or Tony from Texas for his, his number one spot for all the military guys. I was yeah. in the military for six years, and I really appreciate it because you know when I was in, they didn't appreciate us, and now they appreciate the heck out of us. So it's great, and I really appreciate that. And yeah. nice thing about today, I had a good day. I, I get to listen to your entire show today. Woo. Last night I got to listen to an hour and a half, and Wednesday I got to listen to twenty minutes, and today I get the whole day. And. Uh, it's it's nice. It's relaxing. You finally got some downtime. You know, for a retired guy, you, you do a whole lot, Mike. You're very busy. Yeah, my I was almost my my uh, wife and her her niece and our grandniece are going to a concert for my gra- other grandniece's concert in Owatonna this weekend, and they said it's going to be a girls' weekend, so I don't have to go. So Ooh. they left like twelve thirty. So I really lucked out there. So. Good stuff. That's not a bad weekend. It's not a bad setup, Mike. Gonna watch some Brewers. Brewers on a on a holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend. It just it's so much better. Sitting around, weather's beautiful. You have the ball game on. Whereas a Tuesday or Wednesday night, I'm like, eh, if the Brewers fall behind a couple runs, I might turn the game off, do something else. A weekend like this weekend, I'm excited for that, you know, that 12-10 first pitch or that one ten first pitch on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, well, I don't have cable, so I have to do the theater the mind thing and listen on the radio. But uh that's great if you're sitting outside, you're out on the deck. Like, that's just as good. <laughs> yeah. I was at my grandniece's uh, concert last night, her, her choir concert, and she was wonderful. She did, a, she did a solo, and she was easily the best singer. And I'm not just saying that because she's my grandniece. So. <laughs> what song? But I'm, what, I'm, what? What song did she sing? Oh, they did some songs from some musicals. Or so. I didn't recognize a single song, but they were all very nice. But, you know, the one thing that bothered me, and... Uh, this is 2023, right? This isn't 1960. Yeah, um, 100%. My, my grandniece, this grandniece was saying she her her father was from Africa. Okay, and she's a you know she looks like a black girl. Mm-hmm. She's a very pretty girl and very sweet. And people are still schoolmates are calling her the N word, and the school won't do anything about it. So it's just today, this day and age, a 13 year old girl, you're seeing that Jesus. horrible stuff to her. People out there, just stop it. Kids are mean. We we underrate we oh underrate how, especially middle school kids. Middle school. I think of when I was a middle schooler, I was the worst human being on earth. I don't I don't know what it is about kids that age. They are actually like really mean. Like a, a bunch of thirteen year olds, I think could bully me to tears if they got me in a room. Like those kids are wild. Oh, they are. My my son, my oldest son, has Aspergers. He's adult with Aspergers right now. He lives with us. But middle school was the worst time of his life because the kids yeah. would. They'd trip him, knock him down. They'd stick him with pins. They'd, you know, spit on him, uh, knock his books out of his hands. And this was the Chippewa Falls Middle School, and those people wouldn't do anything to those kids. And every once in a while, my kid, my son, who was the biggest one, he would retaliate. He put two kids in the emergency room. They said, well, good. There you go. They learned a valuable <laughs> lesson. I, You know, I think I a little so. violence is a strong word. A, a little physical uh, uh, punishment. I think, you know, a nice, a nice slap. You know, maybe uh, maybe across the face. Just a nice, you know, slap. The kids need that. They respond to that. Yeah, that's the only way you can get through to middle yeah. school kids. Yeah. My one grandniece is a teacher now, and they can't even tell them to take a time out anymore because it's too traumatic. They yeah. tell them to go take a break. Oh, I, wish someone, so I, yeah, I wish someone would tell me to tell. I wish I was forced to take a time out every day. Go in a quiet room and think about all I've done. That sounds like a dream. Yep. That's another thing. Kids don't appreciate that. <laughs> the things that kids no, hate don't. will, will come, come around to be their favorite things later in life. Yeah, 
exactly. But Jeez. you can't. They, she says you can't. You can't uh, punish the kids. You can't do anything to them now. So they can just basically do whatever they want. So anybody wonders why our schools are failing is because the kids, kids are the inmates are running the asylum. That is yes. Uh, I just think that if Dave from Monona is listening, we're about to get his take on this once we get off the phone, and uh, I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about whatever he's about to say. But I think it'll be entertaining, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, have an so, awesome weekend, Mike. Yeah. i got to move on and take a well, break. I appreciate you. You, too. Thanks, Grant. I appreciate you, too. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for your service as well. And correct on uh, Tony in Texas shouting out the real reason for this weekend. That all that seems to get lost in the grilling and the watching baseball and, the you know, drinking a million beers. Uh, St. Paul Schmidt says, I can attest to the middle school thing. I believe St. Paul Schmidt is a teacher. Middle school kids are insane. We need to study their brains. There's something going on in there. That I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I remember my middle school years. I was the worst human being on earth. You know, some of the things that those kids find funny, it's just insane. And I can't imagine it's gotten better with the internet. They're all connected all the time. They're sharing content and ugh. Appreciate a teacher. They're the ones dealing with that every day. My God, middle school kids. But that's this generation. You know, you can't punish kids anymore. I'm not saying we should, you know, beat kids to a pulp when they misbehave. But, you know, a little physical, a little physical, you know, reminder to a kid. Never killed anybody. Puts hair on their chest. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, they say. I don't know what I'm saying. Cone Roller is here. Thank God. 608-796-2558. Hey, Cone. Grant's fin is up. Yeah, my is fin is, is so up, straight up in the air. Amen. And, you know, Mike in Chippewa Falls, just salt of the earth guy. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out to all the veterans out there on this Memorial Day weekend. They, they're the true heroes, and, and they're the reason that, you know, idiots like us can talk on the radio. This is true. This is 100% true. Imagine imagine other countries where you can't do this every day. Not a country I want to live in. Tell you that much right now, Cone. No, not at all. The CCP, they're not listening into the Wisco Sports Show. No, they're not. Imagine Dave from Monona with the with the CCP. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mother Russia would not they might, hire, they might hire him for all his accountability practices. Yeah, communication skills, political opinions, etc. Yeah, I'm with you there. What's up with your schedule today? You're normally an early in the, the 4 o'clock hour caller. You must have had something going on this afternoon. Yeah, just dealing with fires at work. Um, just got people people mad at me before Memorial Day weekend, yeah. wishing I could just tell them, hey, go out, enjoy a beer, stop yelling at your, your favorite salesman. Yeah, listen to some Jimmy Buffett, and it can be a next Tuesday problem. How does that sound? Yeah, exactly. But it looks like, unfortunately, I'll, I'll have to be working a little bit on Monday to, to get some things buttoned up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's all right. Make the world go around. Someone's got someone's to work on Work's Monday. Work's got to get done. But, I'm um, with you. I'll probably do a little work on Monday, too. Yeah, so Brewers. Yes. Are you stepping back from Corbin Burns should be here long term? Well, I think that him being here long term was always kind of a pipe dream, right? Like I, like I don't think it was ever realistic that the Brewers were going to be able to be the team to give him the deal he wants. I, I'm just saying that, you know, looking at, at what's happened with Corbin Burns this year, 
Willie Adamas hasn't been bad this year, but like these are two players that we've talked about. Oh, I'd love to extend him. I'd love to give big money and keep him here. And I, I just don't know if that's good business because when you extend a player, you're often paying them for all these great seasons that they've had or the great season that they're having. And oftentimes, you know how weird baseball is. A player can go from one of the best players in the league to all of a sudden he can't hit a curveball. Like, I just think it's risky business for a team like the Brewers. They have such limited money to be going and, and giving out tens of millions of dollars over, you know, multiple years. I would just avoid it. Yeah, I agree. And do you, I, I'm starting to think almost Corbin Burns has jumped the shark and he's entering into overrated territory, in my Ooh. opinion. Well, I mean, the way that he's pitched over the last year, 100%. Yeah, like he could get it back on the rails. I think he will at some point. Like I'm not dancing on the corpse of Corbin Burns, but these ups and downs. Baseball's an up-and-down sport. You get an injury, and it lingers. That can affect a year or two. Like, I think injuries has really been a big part of why Yelich hasn't been great the last few years and other reasons. But I, I just think baseball's such a fluky sport, up-and-down sport, where you can give a player a contract on one day, and a couple of months later, a couple variables change, and, and it's almost a cont- an entirely different player, you know? Totally, totally. And, you know, I'm glad we didn't get Corbin that extra money in arbitration. Um I know you're talking about how, you know, every franchise has the guy, in quotes. Is Yelich a guy? I know we debate if he's back or not, which I don't think he is. But is he a guy? Is that the next debate? I mean, he's going to be the guy that everyone mentions when you bring up the Brewers. And I would imagine that most jerseys at American Family Field are probably Yelich or Braun, honestly. There's probably still a ton of Braun jerseys. I don't know that he but, needs you know, to play like an all-star to be the guy, to be the face of the franchise, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And that that's one of the things I love about American Family Field and Brewer fans is, you know, you'll go to Wrigley Field and what you mainly see is Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant jerseys. When you walk into American Family Field, you don't, you have no idea what jerseys you can see. Yeah. I mean, I was there less than a year ago. I saw Todd Coffey. I saw Solomon Torres. I saw Seth McClung jerseys or jerseys. I mean, it is just a mixed bag of what you're going to get, and I love that. I saw a Kyle Loesch jersey a couple summers ago. God, that was funny. That's awesome. I always like looking for the most random jerseys you'll find. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Yelich is probably the guy, but he's not playing like an all-star. I would like for him to be the guy and also play really, really good baseball, but, you know, one thing at a time. What you got going on this weekend, Cone? Are you hitting any of uh, Tony from Texas's uh, top five things to do over Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, so me and him were kind of workshopping that list last night. Um, I don't really know what I'll be doing other than honoring our vets and those who have fallen. That's kind of my main one I'll be hitting. Um, Definitely the pool. We'll be hitting up the pool. Probably going to lay out here pretty quick. You know, start getting my tan going. Got a boy. Um, I'm jealous. Be a barbecue, but got a got a farmers market tomorrow. Going out day drinking. What do you What do you Sunday. get? At, hold on. What do you get at a farmers market? Um, fresh produce, fresh vegetables, who's, flowers. Who's farming in donuts. Arizona. Oh, contraire, moment frere. There is a lot of farming down here. Citrus is huge out of Arizona. A lot of citrus. Really, and a lot of cattle farming. Surprisingly. And, you know, we just got a legislation to cut back our water usage 10% from the Colorado River. So I'm not sure what's going to happen to some of those farms, but 
Uncle Sam, you know, he's he's getting his his cut. <laughs> I just can't imagine being a farmer and being like, I want to farm in Arizona. That sounds like a good idea. Whatever, we don't need to debate. Uh, respect the uh, the farmers, like we respect the vets and those who have fallen. Kona, I'm gonna let you go. Have a great three day weekend and listen to some Buffett today. It'll be it'll be good for you. Thank you, Grant, and great show yesterday. Touching politics, um, I think it's one of those where your middlemanness really really showed and was good for the show so thank you have a great weekend fins up my fin is up thank you thank you cohen uh have a good weekend did he say his fin was erect we gotta we gotta we gotta put a button in that immediately that's not something that's gonna get said every friday take uh three minutes come back and i think at some point we're gonna talk packers this seems like a good time as any Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your holiday weekend is off to an outstanding start, which I think Jimmy Buffett says in one of his live albums. There's a quote. I think it's from Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays where he explicitly says leading into a song, I hope your holiday weekend is off to a great start, and I'm going to find that audio, clip it, and put it on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, because it's a Fins Up Friday. Fins Up Friday going into a three-day weekend. Come on. Oh, Nick. Nick just tweeted at me. Oh, God bless America. Nick just tweeted and said, I'm on my way to Tainer Lake. Fins up. It's not green yet. Nick, there is quite literally no place on this planet I would rather be this weekend than on that lake. Uh, I cannot be. I have obligations. But please think of me as you're putting around. You'll probably go by my parents. I talked to my mom today. She said my goal is to be on the lake all three days this weekend with this weather. So if you see my mother and my father, uh, just go ahead and wave. They have a big brewer's yard in the, a big brewer's flag in the backyard. You can't miss it. You'll know it when you see it. I'm not going to tell you where the house is, but you'll go right by it. Just wave, say hey, and I will live vicariously through you. 608-796-2558. Just talking about the brewers a little bit. This Corbin Burns series, this Corbin Burns Saga, I guess whatever you want to call it. Remember, we're in spring training, and the Brewers shorted him in arbitration. He's mad about it. And I said at the time, the Brewers need to be better with their players. If they're going to be a team that's a transactional team, always looking to flip one contract for a better contract, one asset for a better asset, gain team control, right? Gain this, gain that. The Brewers look at their players... As, as people, of course, but also how much team control, how many options are left, how, how much positional versatility, right? All of these things, all these things the Brewers look into. They're a transactional team that treats their players like assets. A team like the Dodgers, they don't have to view it so coldly and so businesslike because they don't have uh, budgetary restrictions like the Brewers do. The Dodgers, can, if they want to pay a guy because they like a guy, they can pay him because they like him. He doesn't have any options. Oh, he can only play one position. Okay, well, whatever. We'll make it work. And if not, fine. We're the Dodgers. You know, we're out a couple of bucks. Whatever. The Brewers are going to be a team that's a transactional team. 
They need to be better with their players. And that's why if I was in charge of the Milwaukee Brewers, I would just try to avoid arbitration at all costs. I'd sit down with the player and I'd say, look, Corbin, you are on a superstar trajectory. You know, and I know, that this franchise probably can't pay you what you are worth on the open market. And we understand that. We obviously want to keep you as long as we can. And if you're willing to sign here and we can find a number that works, great. That's that's down the road. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. In the meantime, while you're here, we want to make sure that you're compensated as as fairly as you can be based on the CBA and, and the financial constraints. And we don't want to be pinching pennies and, and arguing and fighting with you. right? I would lay all my cards on the table and I'd be very clear, especially with my superstar players, right? that we don't want... We don't want to be penny wise and dollar stupid. I said that yesterday. That's never an expression that I've used until yesterday. I'm probably now going to use it a lot, and it's probably going to get annoying. But the Brewers, I think, in in doing that with Corbin Burns, were penny wise and dollar stupid. In saving 750k, they upset one of their best players, maybe soured a relationship with one of their best players a little bit. Looking back, even though Corbin Burns has not been great this year, I still think they botched the way that they handled the offseason and arbitration with Corbin Burns. Now, separate conversation, because these two things aren't related. Corbin Burns has not pitched that well this year outside of an outing or two. He hasn't been elite. He's been fine. He hasn't been like like Manny Parra, Randy Wolf, Matt Garza bad. But he hasn't been great, and the Brewers need him to be great. That doesn't mean I no longer want Corbin Burns here. That doesn't mean I want the Brewers to trade Corbin Burns. But I think it's a great reminder of how baseball works, right? When a pitcher is really good or when a hitter is playing really well, our first assumption is that that's who this player is. They will be this player for the rest of their career. And maybe that's that's because of how football works. Like, I, I don't think anybody, like, can you think of a wide receiver that was a total stud one year and then completely fell off the next? Right, or a wide receiver who was brilliant for one season and then kind of was never the same. We don't have as many instances of that in the NFL. And we have some instances of that in, in basketball. But basketball contracts are weird in that, like, the, the Warriors had to pay Jordan Poole. Because if they don't pay Jordan Poole, they can't pay anybody. Baseball's not the same way. There's no salary cap in baseball. So the Brewers' decision isn't pay Corbin Burns or pay nobody the way that that decision goes. in ba- Like, in basketball... The Bucks can pay Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, or they can pay nobody. That's how that works, right? It's, it's, it's different. So I think we sometimes apply basketball thinking, and we apply football thinking to baseball, and we shouldn't. Because baseball is such a weird sport, and that one tiny little thing changes in a player, and their game falters. One little thing in their mechanics, one little injury to the back, just a little grain of sand in the engine, and all of a sudden, the player's not the same. Doesn't mean we don't like the player. Doesn't mean we don't support the player. But when you give out a contract that's, you know, $150 million plus for five, six, seven years, or or some of these wild deals that are for 10, 12, 13 years, you know the day that contract is signed that it's not going to age well. It's not going to go well. And the alternative, of course, is not getting the player at all. That's what I'm saying. I would rather not get the player at all. I would rather have the asset that is financial freedom, financial flexibility, and cash. I would rather have those assets than an asset like a, a good player or a great player on a 10-year deal. Like I, I, The Brewers can't extend Corbin Burns at market value, and they can't extend Willie Adamas at market value. 
And even if they could, I don't, I don't think they should. It's not a good investment. It's not a good investment for a team like the Phillies or the Yankees or the Dodgers to sign someone for 10, 12 years. The problem is the Dodgers can afford to make a bad investment. The Yankees, the Mets, they can afford to make a bad investment. The Brewers can't. So I'm just kind of out on long-term deals as a whole. It's got to be five years or less. I think the Lorenzo Cain deal was perfect. You got three years of great leadership, of great play, great defense. You knew when you signed him that the back end of that contract wasn't going to be great, and it wasn't, but it's not six or seven years of not great. It was 24 months. It, it was 18 months. You know, that I can swallow. The Lorenzo Cain deal, perfect for the Brewers. On the high end, that's all I want to do. Burns, Adamas, they've showed me this year. It's like, yeah, I don't I don't know that I want to give big money and, and a long, long-term deal to players like this. Every once in a while, you got to do it with a Braun or a Yelich because that's the, that's the face of your team. It's a superstar team, especially if that player wants to stay in Milwaukee. And I think Braun did because he, he felt like he was running the roost, and he was. And I think Yelich, probably the same. And, you know, Yelich was coming off a big injury. Like, he probably wanted to get his money locked up. The Brewers were willing to do it right away and give him a deal that he wanted. Great. It made sense for all the parties in both of those cases. And I don't fault the Brewers for either one of those deals. But some of these other players where we've debated over the years, like, Shit, long-term extension for this guy, for that guy, it's just kind of a... On a Kind of on a on a generic level, a blanket statement, it's not a good idea. 608-796-2558. Give me a call. Send me a text. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Five minutes. We're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. Fins up. It's Friday. I'm going to listen to Fruitcakes. I think the album start to finish. Uh, I got to drive to Milwaukee for the weekend. I think I'm going to listen to Fruitcakes start to finish. Some underrated songs on that album. Lone Palm. Six String Music. I'm always a sucker for Vampire's Mummies. Very weird song. But when you get deep in the Buffett weeds, you learn to appreciate the weird songs. Apocalypso's pretty good. Etc. Etc. 608-796-2558, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Did I miss the Jordan Love conversation earlier this week? I know Bill and Ben brought it up. Uh, this from Dan Orlovsky when he was ranking the quarterbacks in the NFC under the most pressure. Is this something that we needed to talk about? Did I, did I miss on my hosting duties by not talking about this? And number one, unquestionably Jordan Love. You were a first-round draft pick and you haven't played. You were a first-round draft pick and you got a contract extension without ever playing. They ran a Hall of Fame quarterback out of town for you. You got to go prove that you are the right guy. You got two really good young receivers, a rookie draft pick in Jaden Reed, two young rookie tight ends, a very healthy roster, and again, a conference and division that is not loaded. The expectation shouldn't be that Jordan Love's okay. The expectation should be that Jordan Love doesn't skip a beat to what the Packers have been. This is a team that still has been to the NFC title game two of the last three years. He should play tremendous football. So, I guess we can debate which quarterbacks are under the most pressure. The NFC is just so weird. Like, I don't, 
I don't know if you tell me, hey, which quarterback in the NFC is under a lot of pressure? I don't even know where I'd start, let alone making a top five. It's like, well, Jalen Hurts just got paid and and I think showed a lot of people in that Eagles playoff run that he can be the guy. I don't know that he's under pressure. Daniel Jones just got paid. And we all agree that he's got a great coach and the Giants had a really good draft. Is he under a lot of pressure? Like, if he doesn't perform well, what's going to happen? Probably nothing. Dak Prescott, yeah, doesn't win in the playoffs, but... A lot of quarterbacks don't win in the playoffs. And I don't know that Dallas is the best team in their own division. I think that's Philly. So what do we really expect? What are the expectations? Forget pressure. What are the expectations for the Dallas Cowboys? Right? Geno Smith just got paid. His approval rating is pretty high. I guess I just don't think of many quarterbacks in the NFC, if any, with being under a lot of pressure. Now, I have expectations for Jordan Love. And I've mentioned this a couple of times over the last two weeks. I understand that there will be growing pains and there will be mistakes and there will be rough patches with Jordan Love. 100%. They need to be errors of execution and errors of innocence. Let's put it that way. It sounds like a Don Henley song, Errors of Innocence. Well, I, he had the song, what was it? End of the Innocence? That's probably why. Right? I want my mistakes from Jordan Love to be mistakes that are made by someone who's playing in the NFL for the first time and making mistakes because they're in the NFL for the first time. What I won't accept and and what I I won't have any patience for is Jordan Love coming in and not knowing the offense, not being on the same page as Matt LaFleur. Can't have that because what have the last three years been about? Why draft a quarterback and sit them for three years if they're not expected to at least know the offense in year one, forget execute the offense, right? That's a whole different thing. And and learning to keep an eye on this player and that player and learning to, to do this coverage and that coverage. Yes, that 100%. There's going to be errors and there's going to be mistakes of, of immaturity there. But there better not be communication issues between head coach and quarterback. There, there better not be miscommunication and confusion over the offense because that's what the last three years have been for. Right? So Jordan Love making mistakes and, and struggling as a rookie, I'm 100% okay with it as long as it's struggles of, of like I don't know, rookie struggles. You better know the offense. You better be on the same page with Matt LaFleur. That's expected. Jordan Love was asked this week, there's a different energy about the team now that Rodgers and a lot of the vets are gone. Yeah, no, I do. I think it's a new energy. Um, a lot of the young guys have kind of been in backup roles before kind of you know thrust into the front now so uh and there's just a lot more reps people are having more opportunities to get those reps uh, but yeah i feel like it's a great energy out there right now i don't think that the energy was bad with aaron Rodgers and some of the veterans I, I do think the energy was i don't even want to say it was prohibitive to winning i, I think the energy with Rodgers and a lot of the veterans the energy was based around we don't know how much longer we're going to be playing. We want to soak in all of these moments. It was it was very sentimental. It was it was very final. It was like an employee who's retiring in a month. That employee's probably not going to be doing their best work. It doesn't mean they're going to be negative. It doesn't mean they're going to drag the company down and, and be a net negative, but they're probably going to be smelling the roses and they're going to be operating a little bit more slowly and soaking it all in. And that's great for that employee. I don't fault Rogers and Mercedes Lewis and, and Mason Cry, I don't fault those guys for that. But it's not the most conducive for the team probably playing the best and staying the most focused and staying hungry. 
maybe not like it would be with a young team. And we've seen this with the Bucs, right? The Celtics are younger and hungrier than the Bucs. And the Bucs can't do anything about that. They're an old team. Everyone's got kids. They've got their ring. They've enjoyed success. There's other teams that are hungrier. You can't fake being hungry. I don't know that the Packers were a very hungry team the last couple of years. And maybe part of that was Rodgers and the Vets being a little bit sentimental and, and taking a little bit of a victory lap and a stroll down memory lane every day when they got to practice. Jordan Love being asked if OTAs is a good time to experiment. Yeah, no, I mean, this is definitely the time to do that. Um, practice is a time to push the boundaries, test things. Um, and like I said, this is our first or second practice live. So, you know, the timing's a little off with everybody because we've been going routes for so many things like that. So just kind of build that timing and get the um, as many routes as we can. But we know it's not going to be perfect. Um, we love, you know, when we can capitalize and score touchdowns, things like that. But, um, you know, just don't get down on ourselves when, you know, play's not perfect or goes off schedule or things don't work out as we want. I just saw so many weird headlines. And granted, a lot of them were for blogs. And I'm not saying the blogs don't matter, but a lot of it was from, like, like bearscountry.net, you know, monstersofthemidway.org. Where it's like Jordan Love era off to rough start. Oh, they they failed in the red zone and in team drills a couple of times. I guess I'm just not watching with that close of a microscope. I like OTAs because the coaches are talking, the players are talking. We get updates on what's going on at certain position groups. I'm not really too concerned about the success rate of the offense in team drills. It's not to say that it doesn't matter. It's not to say they're not you know doing productive things and and learning and. And obviously improving as a team. That's what practice is for, but the same thing with the Badgers at the launch at their spring game. Like the offense looked bad. I don't really care. The results are are not really that important to me. So make your mistakes, do whatever you need to do. I don't I don't I don't care. Jordan Love asked about Watson, Dobbs, and Samari Toure. Year two. Yeah, no, they've all stepped up. You know, they, they are the best in the room now, and um, I think they've done a great job just talking in the meetings, um, you know, talking through when we put in the installs. They're the ones talking through, mass asking the questions, and they have the answers ready. They know what they're doing. Um, so they've done a great job with that, just kind of showing the young guys exactly what they need to be on top of, what they need to be thinking of when these uh, plays are called. This is why I didn't really need Alan Lazard back or Randall Cobb back or Robert Tunyon and a lot of Packers fans said, well, they're great leaders. What do you mean? If you can just get Randall Cobb back as a leader. But new leaders will not emerge until there's a space for a new leader to emerge, right? And if Mercedes Lewis or Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb's hanging around and, and being a leader, that's great. But I also at some point want someone new to step up and be a leader. Christian Watson could be the best leader. He could be the best clubhouse guy ever. We'd never know it if he's deferring to other veterans who are hanging around. What about on defense? Like, what can we get from Kenny Clark? What can Rashawn Gary add personality-wise, leadership-wise? We have a rah-rah guy anywhere. The Packers have lacked a rah-rah leader the last decade. You watch games against the 49ers, they're all sitting on the sideline, thumb up their butt, looking all mopey. I see Patrick Mahomes charging up his guys. I see other players in the huddle charging up their guy. Packers really haven't seemed to have guys like that. So getting some of those older bodies out there, even if they would have been good leaders, fine. I I want new leaders. Lastly, Jordan Love asked about Reed and Wicks, some of the rookie wide receivers. What's that been like, and how are they getting ready? I mean, it's just trying to get them going as fast as they can, get them in the book, um, understanding the offense, understanding where they need to be, timing the routes, um, 
just understanding kind of how we want every route to run, be run, because it's obviously a new offense for them. Um, as a rookie, your head's spinning a little bit. Uh, and just I think the quicker we can get them going, uh, I know it's not going to be easy for them. It's going to take time, but the, the more reps they get, the better. I like Reed's role on this team and that it doesn't have to be very big. <laughs> like, that's the best way to make an impact. If you are new to a situation, if you are new to a group or a team, whatever it might be, in work, in sports, find something specific that your team needs and specialize in it early on. Be, get really good at one thing and make an impact doing that one thing. And, and while you're making an impact with that one thing, you can learn to do other things and you can become well-rounded and, and you can expand your game or expand what you can do at work, right? Video games, video games is a great example for this. I think I brought this up after the draft. Like, I've never been the best video game player, Call of Duty, but I, I, I was specialized. When we were playing Domination, I'm bringing the trophy system, the smoke grenades, the RPG, and I'm just going to get 20 captures a game. My KD is probably not going to be great. I'm going to die a lot. Maybe my kill-death ratio is going to be around... 500. It's going to be about one-to-one, maybe a little less, but I'm going to get a ton of captures, and I'm going to do the dirty work that no one else wants to do, and doing so, I can help my team. Read the same way. Do the slot stuff. Do the yards after the catch stuff. Maybe some sweeps, some orbital motions, special teams. If you can just do that as a rookie, you will be very helpful, and and, and that's not asking him to do too much as a rookie, I don't think. You know what I mean? We're going to take one final three-minute break. Any texts or tweets that you have, get them out there. 608-796-2558. Cone Roller says, did Rodgers skip OTAs because he didn't want to feed the rumor mill with his experimenting? Yeah. Jordan Love has brought a lot of rumors to the forefront now. Experimenting. Uh, Tony in Texas is tweeting me about chemistry between him and Matt LaFleur. You can avoid all that stuff by just not showing up, right? (laughs) Let's take one final break. Three minutes. We'll come back. Listen to some Jimmy Buffett. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show for the week. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Memorial Day weekend. Watching the sun bake. Damn great. All of those tourists covered with oil. Shut up, Big Ron. This is the Wisco Sports Show. Last couple of minutes. Fins up. It's Friday. This is one of the best Jimmy Buffett weekends of the year. Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, three-day weekends beginning the end of the summer. We appreciate our friend Top 5 Tony, Tony in Texas, giving us his Top 5 Memorial Day weekend activities. I wish I could be by the water. I wish I could be on the water this weekend. But I can't be. Nick, who tweeted in at Wisco Grant. Nick in the Crick, uh, hails from Fall Creek, by the way, uh, is going to be on Tainer this weekend. I'm living vicariously through Nick. And very jealous. Very jealous. Wave hey to my parents. They'll be out there boating probably all three days. Great text today. Ryan on Alaska. Cone. Mike in Colorado. Mike in Colorado. We can end with this. Says, I think the Brewers will trade Adamas most likely in the offseason. He makes too many errors and his batting is terrible for a long term deal. 
I mean, he does hit more home runs than basically any other shortstop in baseball. I, I don't know if that's enough, and I don't know if that's what you want specifically from your shortstop. I see what you're saying, Mike. Terrain can move over to shortstop next year, and I think he could be better. Trade Burns, too, I agree. The Brewers messed with his head when they chipped him on this deal. I don't know that that's what's going on here. And he said they attempted to blame him for the team's poor performance last year. That would bother me. I mean, he wasn't as good down the stretch last year. We do need to factor that in. But I, I just, I, I want to be... I want to be penny-wise and dollar-wise, not penny-wise, dollar-stupid. And I think sometimes the Brewers, little penny-wise, little dollar-stupid. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. The weather's going to be beautiful. Get out and enjoy it. And if the Brewers are losing, just walk away from the game. There'll be a game on the next day. I'll be back on Tuesday. Best of with Bart Winkler on Monday. Enjoy. I'll be back on Tuesday at 4. Talk to you then. Sure, Mega. Apart from Mississippi, feel right at home in Wisconsin.